1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the
2: news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and
1: elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community
2: on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160
0: AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your host Greg Scottis filling in today for Boyd Matheson. They trust me today to do a segment on sports, but. It's not me. I get Mitch Harper from BYU Insider and KSL Sports to help me out with that. Mitch, thank you for joining us
2: today. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be on with you, Greg.
0: So I I have to start with BYU because my dad is a huge BYU fan. Two questions. One, what happened in the bowl game? They were 13th in the country, run roughshod over the Pac-12, south at least, um, have a very good record, and they play a, a very good team. Uh, Alabama-Birmingham, but they lose. What what happened there?
2: Yeah, I, I think there was, you know, maybe there was a, an issue of complacency, the being jilted on not getting one of the bigger bowl games uh, and being placed in the Independence Bowl. But, you know, I think U, UAB had more passion for that game, and I think that they were better prepared. And, you know, BYU uh, was kind of caught sleepwalking, and it proved that, you know, even though BYU had all those Uh, accomplishments as you noted this season uh, you still have to kind of respect the game and bring your best product forward or you're going to get beat you know BYU is a good program but they're not an Alabama they're not a Georgia they still got to put out their best product each and every week even against inferior programs and UAB rose the occasion and and got BYU on that day now I think going forward is that you know this isn't a loss that I think is going to uh, you know, drastically change the trajectory of BYU football. I think a lot of Cougar fans listening today should be excited about what BYU has in store with the Big 12 future looming. But uh, that that loss in Shreveport put in some perspective that there's a lot of work to be done for Kalani Saptake's program going forward.
0: You know, another loss for BYU when we're talking to Mitch Harper from um, KSL Sports is the recent news of running back Tyler Allgaier declaring for the draft um, he had some pretty notable stats. I mean, he's been a starter for BYU. I think one season he had over 1,600 yards rushing. I mean, how big of a hole does this leave for BYU coming up next
2: year? Yeah, it's a significant hole. It's it's going to be on the level you know, of losing Zach Wilson a season ago at the quarterback position. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs. I think it's going to be something that, that really commands a lot of the the storylines about BYU next season is who will emerge as that starting running back to replace Tyler Alger, who, who really was uh, remarkable the past two years. He switches, he comes to BYU as a walk-on, a walk-on running back, but really couldn't find his way much, was dealing with some academic issues early on at BYU. And he really turned it around. I mean, he dabbled a little bit with linebacker spot and then switched back to running back. and became, one of the great running backs in BYU football history these past two seasons. And uh, so his void that he leaves will be big, but uh, BYU's got some capable players waiting in the wings and a guy like Jackson McChesney from Lone Peak High School, a guy named Miles Davis from Las Vegas. So there's talent there, but they definitely need to um, uh, find some answers uh, because Tyler Algier is is one of the great running backs that BYU football has ever produced. And when you're talking about replacing – an all timer uh, that's that 's a tall order to fill, uh, regardless of some of the weight, the talent that you like uh, coming forward.
0: I think a lot of BYU fans were happy uh, with the news that uh, the coach uh, Kalani Sataki is going to stick around for a while. I think he 's been a breath of fresh air to that program and has taken it to a new level we 'll kind of see where they go as they enter into the into the big leagues in the future. Uh, but I want to shift gears for just a minute and talk about my alma mater, the University of Utah, and we just heard that um, I think four or five bowl games have been canceled for COVID. I saw yesterday the the, uh, the Utah Utes and the Ohio State Buckeyes in parades, I think, at Disneyland. I mean, it just seems like you'd just button up your players right now and say, go sit in the hotel, and maybe it's maybe it's easier said than done, but uh, uh, this bowl's going to go off, isn't it? Aren't we going to have the Rose Bowl? <laughs>
2: I would expect that we're going to see the Rose Bowl. Even Ohio State head coach Ryan Day said that they're doing everything in their power with, with the program and Utah likewise to, to stay healthy and, and uh, be in a position where they can play this game. It's interesting, too, because, you know, with the NCAA, if for players that are vaccinated, they don't have to test unless they show symptoms. And, um, you know, for players that are not vaccinated, they have to test, you know, roughly about three times a week. Uh, so I feel like you're, what I, the experience that I've seen this this calendar this academic year with these athletes is that pretty much most of them are, are vaccinated, uh, but uh, you know if they show those symptoms they will need to take a test to be able to to play. Uh, and then, like you said, with Disneyland them being at, at uh, Main Street USA yesterday, it it raises some potential fears. And I think the state of California as well. You've seen. In the local media out there in California have even expressed some opinion pieces as to, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom should, if he's really serious about, you know, these COVID restrictions and telling people to not have family gatherings in Christmas, well, why are they having a Rose Bowl with 90,000 people in in California? So I I think, though, it's still going to happen because there's a lot of money that, that happens in that game. There's a lot of tradition. It's huge for that economy. And there's so much. Uh, commitment uh, from both the teams the players and and they want to have that game go off it's a significant deal for the university of utah to have a chance not only be in the rose bowl but to play the premier brand in the big 10 conference i mean that it doesn't get any bigger than that for utah it's the biggest stage you could argue if it's the biggest game or not because the sugar bowl back in 08 was pretty big but i think it's the biggest stage in terms of what the rose bowl means in college football that utah's ever played in
0: and we remember that, that Sugar Bowl and those undefeated seasons that the Utes have. Um, the Utes have had an up-and-down season. I mean, they look like world beaters against Oregon, um, and then they fall on their heads against uh, San Diego State and uh, others. Ohio State is, is a world beater. However, they lose to Oregon. Um, are the Utes out of their league here, or do you think this has the potential to be a competitive game?
2: i think that you know utah the way that they play the way they're built uh in the trenches uh, they can match up with ohio state i think what makes ohio state so challenging is that they are just loaded with blue chip recruit five-star recruits all world talents i mean they they have ohio state has four players that have withdrawn from this game are going to go on to the nfl draft but the guys that are stepping in to replace those players at the wide receiver's position, defensive end, well, they're five stars as well. So in terms of just sheer talent, Utah hasn't seen anything close to what the type of talent Ohio State has. But I think it circles back to maybe what the conversation we were having with BYU in their bowl game. You can say, you know, is Ohio State, are they going to be engaged in this game? Do they want to be there? When you're seeing players opt out, uh, I think that kind of speaks a little bit to – how they view this game. Whereas Utah, they got an all-American linebacker in Devin Lloyd, who's going to probably be a top 15 NFL draft pick. He's playing in this game. He wants to leave a legacy at Utah and leave a mark and and, and leave that, uh, that lasting legacy of being that first Utah team to not only go to the Rose Bowl, but to win a Rose Bowl. So I think that plays a role in this game too. And I think Kyle Winningham's always had an excellent history when it comes to bowl records. He's number one all time in college football history in winning percentage in bowl games. Now they've lost their last two, but you know, Whittingham is, has been uh, very accomplished in, in bowl games. And I got to think that once again, his team is going to be ready and this is going to be a game that goes down to the wire in the fourth quarter.
0: I certainly hope so. And, and I'll, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We've got Mitch Harper from, from uh, KSL sports. Um, who who wins that game and why? I mean, I I haven't even seen the line yet because I'm afraid to. I'm a, I'm, I'm thinking that Ohio State's probably favored by a touchdown or something. But but who wins that game?
2: You, you're well. You're right. Uh, Ohio State is favored by about a touchdown. I, I'm going to say that it's going to be an upset. I, I think Utah pulls this off, and I think that the reason I say that too is because Ohio State defensively is is pretty average. Uh, you know. You think, you know, they got a lot of, like I said, the, the talent is great. You look at the, the roster and the names and the star power, it's it looks great. Uh, but their st- st- statistical output has not been good. They've only had, um, you know, 16 takeaways this year. Utah takes care of the football. They're going to win this game. Um, and I think that Cam Rising, a quarterback for Utah, he's been as close to flawless since he stepped in as the starter and become the became the leader of this team and all the adversity that they've navigated together, you know I think it's just kind of a uh, you know a story that's going to be capped off by a memorable experience. And I think that you know Utah in the trenches will not be overmatched by Ohio State. And I think that Tavion Thomas at running back too he's been one of the most productive running backs in the last two months in college football near the top in, in total touchdowns this season. Uh, I think that combination and with the quarterback at Cam Rising, I think Utah is going to pull off the upset here. And I I think a lot of people nationally that that cover college football will say, you know what, that's not as big of a surprise as many people think because of the way that Utah has been dominating teams like Oregon. Utah comes into this game as one of the hottest teams in the country. And Ohio State, one of their losses was to that same Oregon team. So I think Utah knows and believes that they can – go toe-to-toe with the Buckeyes, I think they're going to pull off the upset.
0: I hope you're right. I certainly do. I'll be glued to the TV on that game. Mitch, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, the Utes looking at that maybe as a, as a a huge game, maybe the biggest role, uh, bowl game they've ever been in In Ohio State, maybe a letdown that they didn't make it into the uh, college football uh, playoffs. Uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up our show.